EMZT Radio is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio download and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to another episode of EMZT Radio. I'm Bane Hellborn with my sister, Scorpio Girl. Uh, MJ is still moving into his place. Hopefully he's getting settled and he might be back after Christmas, maybe. I don't know. This is okay. I got backup. <laughs> got backup. The Solstice episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was awesome. Didn't watch it. It shows that the witches, instead of worshipping on Christmas... Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. Instead of worshipping Christmas, they don't worship on Christmas. They worship the winter solstice. As witches do. As witches should. Well, it's part of uh, Sabbats. So, uh, (laughs) and uh, there's trouble at the Spellman house. As always. As always. There's always trouble at the Spellman house. And I find it funny that Sabrina just can never talk to her aunts about what she's going to do. Because she already knows that they're going to not like it. Yeah, but then they're like, why don't you tell us? We could have helped you. Every episode, (laughs) even when it was the family-friendly kind of thing. Yeah, so it's awesome. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Just to add, I used to work for the father of one of the witches from the family-friendly... Sabrina. Sabrina. And he loved me, by the way. That's awesome. Well, he was like a CEO of a medical clinic. Right. And I was in the billing department and we shared a lot in common. I think it was because it was the only goth there. <laughs> and his daughter is playing one of the aunts. What was her name? Hilda, right? The the skinny one with yeah. the voice. Or no, that's, that's Zelda. Zelda. Yeah. Zelda. So maybe he liked me because I was the only goth there and she's on this. Hmm. This was back in the 90s yeah. when I worked there. So Wow. Yeah, just thought I'd add that. Wow. <laughs> so we're gearing up for the holidays. Uh-huh. Uh, it's funny how uh, our dad says he was just going to give us money. He's not going to do any shopping. But what does he do? He goes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, all my life, I've never been a, ooh, it's a holiday. Yeah. I've always been like, oh. It's a holiday. Yeah, it's a holiday. I just, I don't know. I try to get into it, but it's just like, yeah. ugh. I just want to sleep that day and do nothing and not go, <laughs> not leave the house and just fuck Christmas dinner. I'm sorry. These holidays just really just like get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the issue is these holidays yeah. just get in the way. And they kind of fuck up your life when you need to do stuff and places are closed for the holidays. Like they're not going to open till New Year's. Or after New Year's. And really, I don't trust positive people. I look at them and be like, oh, okay, I know to stay away from you. But during <laughs> holidays, they are like abnormally chippy and cheery. And it's just like, oh, God. Because they're hiding the emptiness in their souls. Well, you know what? I've been choking on a disappointment all my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Music time. It's EMZT Radio. (laughs) Twas the fright before Christmas, and all through the crypt, 
Not a creature was stirring, except those being whipped. Corpses were hung by their lips and their hair in hopes that they'd give old Santa a scare. The ghouls were nestled all snug in their beds while graveworms and maggots danced in their heads. I slept in my coffin, wearing my shroud, dead to the world and snoring aloud. When out in the graveyard there rose such a shriek, I ran to the window and copped me a peek. And there on the lawn was a sight for sore eyes. Santa Claus caught in my Christmas surprise. A pool full of quicksand, disguised snowy white. Soon dear old Santa would sink out of sight. His reindeer was straining to pull Fatso free. And he urged them on as I chuckled with glee. Pull, Dasher! Pull, Dancer! Pull, Prancer and Donna! If you don't pull me out, old Santa's a goner! What strains they might, they were just out of luck. When the Crypt Keeper sticks them, they tend to stay stuck. But then something happened you'd never believe. That little fat man had a trick up his sleeve. He reached in his pack and he called out to me. Come closer, I've got a few things you should see. And then, though he'd sunk clear up to his chest, he pulls out these gifts. Gifts for me, no less. Here you go, Crypt Keeper. This gift's for you. A dead rotting goo friend all oozing with goo. And a jack in the coffin for hours of delight. Just open the lid and a stiff pops in sight. And here is a teddy bear, all of your own. Its flesh has decayed, and it's nothing but bone. And last but not least, a box that's just right for storing your bulging old eyeballs at night. But I'm sinking fast, no time to palaver. Merry Christmas to you, you old stinking cadaver! Well, I have to admit that my ticker was touched. Christmas is one thing, but this was too much. Something stirred in my heart. Maybe once, maybe twice. It felt really weird, but it also felt nice. And then, heaven help me, I ran to that slop, gave trouble a pull. Out he came with a pop. Thank you, he says, for what you just did. You saved Merry Christmas for many a kid. You may be disgusting and falling apart, but there's something still good in that slimy old heart. Then he jumped on his sleigh, to his team gave a yell, and off they all flew like a bat out of hell. As I waved, I discovered a problem I've got. Now I was in quicksand, and Santa was not. Struggling was useless for this creepy dude, yet I was still happy in a real Christmas mood. And that's why I said as I sank out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good...
Your knife is soaked in blood. In blood. You've got bodies in your basement, and they're buried beneath the pavement, Mr. Vile. Your heart's so darkened. Mr. Vile, your fingers look like spiders. You put that knife so deep inside her, then lit her hair on fire, Mr. Vile. Yeah, not a very good first date. Surrounded by the dead, the dead. You're the demon under the bed, the nightmare deep in our heads, Mr. Bio. One through ten on the FBI's most wanted. <laughs> The show that puts the story back into history. History is all about discovering the why. And I think that in that process, it's important to never take the story out of history. Making history come alive, one episode at a time. But this is a podcast on the American Revolution for this series and uh, all about a free country, so do whatever the hell you want. Visit themondayamerican.com to get more. Dive into the Monday American. Don't worry, we'll be gentle. Hey everyone, this is Beaumont Bob from Bowling with Bobcat. You can listen to me live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern at sfdradio.com, where I'm bringing you the best of the worst in cheap booze, talking bum wine, beers, 40s, malt liquor, and more. Always featuring the latest and greatest in the world of drinking and entertainment, along with some special guests. So come on down and take a ride with Bumwine Bob. If you can't be there live, you can always listen in the archives at bumwinebob.com. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy. Cheers. If you didn't kill him, then who did, sir? Who can say? Best thing for him, really. His therapy was going nowhere. This is Dino saying.
and I'm here to announce my new horror novel titled Evil has a first name, but you must be aware when good and evil are culpable, when the world is a lucium of false talk spirits that disagree to agree, when a just name can cradle your body in fear, there is no salvation for your soul. Now you will all know that evil has a first name. Available on Amazon, print and Kindle. Fear is inevitable. Purchase at your own risk. I am Dino Sands. I am War Fiction. And you are listening to EMZT Radio. This is my review of 14 Cameras. This is going to give spoiler alerts, so if you don't want to hear about them, then don't listen to this segment. 14 Cameras is a follow-up to the 2015 13 Cameras, to where it's about this guy named Gerald, who owns a bunch of properties, puts hidden cameras in every room, and he has a video streaming to where his lair is. He has this real pervy... Oh, the guy who plays Gerald, Neville Archambault. He plays a voyeuristic perv so well, he's a really disgusting character, Gerald. He doesn't talk much, and when he does talk, it sounds like he's got cancer of the throat because it's just, it's a scratchy, raspy voice. He seems to be in like his late 40s, maybe 50s. He's got a strong little body because he kidnaps people and he keeps them after he watches them for a while. Now, 14 Cameras is all about Gerald renting properties online to people. He puts up a false profile of the owner of the property that's renting the house, and uh, nobody ever really talks to a person. They just do this through email, which makes me really freaked out when you do any type of transaction like that just through the email and not actually talking to a person. So I'm just blown away by people's compliance to just accept whatever they find online. Property rentals, you should always talk to the owner themselves. But I guess with our new age and technology, you really don't have to talk to anybody. But then this is why is because there's a false profile put up about who the owner is. And it kind of creeps me out now to think that hidden cameras could be everywhere. I mean, he even had hidden cameras in the electrical jacks. There was hidden cameras everywhere and you couldn't see them. You couldn't really see them because they are newly hidden in places we wouldn't even think to look. Thank God there was no toilet cam. That would just be disgusting. (laughs) I hate toilet cams. So it's about this family. They have a, they're renting a house for like a week out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's, you know, two hot looking teenage girls, a daughter. I want to say she's like 17, 17, 18, her and her friend. And they're, of course, gorgeous. And they bring along the, the brother who's, I don't even think he's 18 yet because, you know, the the sister has a fit about him drinking any type of alcohol. 
of course, this boy looks like he's 18 or 19. But, you know, for the story, he has to be younger. Mom and dad, mom and dad seem a little bit oblivious. And they're trying to do a family function. Dad picks out the place to go to go visit for a while for a vacation. And he just sees this picture of a good looking gal, the supposed owner of this, the property that they're wanting. And just it's funny how, you know, $450 a night is just oh, okay. <laughs> I could that's like two months worth of wages for me to get that kind of money <laughs> for one night. So Gerald, he likes to kidnap women and keep them as almost like pets. He doesn't, I I don't think he does anything sexual to them. He likes more to look. I mean, it's obvious he's turned on by what he sees, but there's no follow through on this sexual violation. He's just a perv. In 14 cameras, we find he has a woman. She was pregnant when he kidnapped her and she had the baby. He took the baby away. And she said to the other woman that got thrown down into the hole with her that she's been down there longer than her son's been alive. Now her son looks to be about 10, 11, 12, maybe. So that's a long damn time. So nobody of the family knows that Gerald is watching them. Now, the other part of this is Gerald is online with this video streaming. So he's getting paid subscription for people to watch. And he's streaming on the dark net. It's just, ugh. Gerald is just disgusting. He just, ugh. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 13%. I think these movies are eye-opening to the possibilities of the anonymous profilers online. This is a big wake-up call for me to be more aware and do more research before doing any property rentals. (laughs) Yeah. So what happens? Okay. Well, The family never really knows that they're being watched. But on Gerald's online streaming, people are competing to kidnap the hot friend. It was made an announcement on the chat room that $100,000 will go go to whoever gets this person, the girl. And Gerald was telling them, no, not for sale. No, no, no. But the deal is done online. Gerald shuts down the stream too late when he realizes that his playthings are in danger. So in a way, it's it's still disgusting, but it's kind of cool that he actually saved the girls from being kidnapped by another voyeur who actually wanted to kidnap them. And he saves them, but then he tries to kidnap one of them. Now, the young boy, who is called Junior, he realizes what's going on. He has keys. He has access to everything Gerald has. So he realizes what Gerald is doing and he wants to put an end to it. So as Gerald is taking the the new girl out to where he has his other girls, which he killed one because she fought back too much. She wanted to get away and get free of him. And he he stopped her, killed her and made uh, the other woman, the longtime prisoner, bury her. The boy finds ways to o- open up the well that the other girls are in, and he helps get his mom out. He meets his mom for the first time. 
So that's kind of a neat bonding thing. And then they help get the other girl. They free her. And Junior's mom takes Gerald's truck and runs Gerald over. Now, the way he was run over, it should have killed him dead. But of course, in these in these types of movies, they don't die, unfortunately. He gets away and he goes to Mexico to set up a new bunch of... of <laughs> new bunch of shit for his pervy ways and he already had in the back of his truck he had three girls these movies are fucked up 13 cameras 14 cameras i just didn't like how the possibility the real possibility if if not it's already happening i know it's already happening that there are some questionable landlords who do put hidden cameras in their properties to watch people Now, sometimes they do it to rape women, kill, steal. It's still creepy. It's it's disgusting that somebody could be watching what you are doing and you not even knowing it. I mean, hell, they could put a camera in my ceiling fan that's right above my head if they wanted. And I wouldn't know because it would look normal. I wouldn't be able to see the camera. I mean, it's just the whole thought of it. It really stirs up a paranoia that this is this could happen to me or to you. And it has happened. We, it's, it's been in the news. It was in the news years ago. I remember this, that uh, a landlord had put hidden cameras in his, his apartment rentals. So I think this is where they got it. It's been given such a low rating because the subject matter is disturbing to people. That's why people are freaking out that it's real. It's a real thing. People don't like to have that pointed out, that this real thing can happen and is happening. I kind of like these movies. I really do like these movies because it's based on real horror. But and the way it's written and the actor who plays Gerald, he's like excellent as a real creepy, pervy, disgusting, slimy man. I mean, I, I think that's why it's giving a bad rating because because he did so well for a character that you hate. <laughs> you hate this guy. You don't want to meet this guy. You would dread meeting this guy if ever. And the possibility of him watching you and God knows what he plans for you, it is scary. That's why I'm pretty sure that is why these types of films get low ratings, especially from Rotten Tomatoes, because it's too real. That's why it's too real. So 14 Cameras is on Netflix. It's a follow up to 13 Cameras. I believe uh, in 13 Cameras, the couple that was being watched, they found out they were being watched, but they came to a grisly end because Gerald can't have people knowing what he's doing. So spoiler alert. (laughs) And you are listening to EMZT Radio. It's getting late. Time for your story, I think. This is Christopher Lee. Welcome to Fireside Tales. Is that a kitten on the chair beside you? How sweet. I do hope it has little in common with tonight's feline fury, Edgar Allan Poe's black hat. 
For the most wild, yet most homely narrative which I'm about to pen, I neither expect nor solicit belief. Mad indeed would I be to expect it, in a case where my very senses reject their own evidence. Yet mad am I not, and very surely do I not dream. But tomorrow I die, and today I would unburthen my soul. From infancy, my tenderness of heart was even so conspicuous as to make me the jest of my companions. I was especially fond of animals and was indulged with a great variety of pets. In manhood, I derived from it one of my principal sources of pleasure. My wife, observing my partiality for domestic pets, lost no opportunity of procuring those of the most agreeable kind. We had birds, goldfish, a fine dog, rabbits, a small monkey, and a cat. A remarkably large and beautiful animal, entirely black and sagacious to an astonishing degree. Pluto, this was the cat's name, was my favorite playmate and attended me wherever I went about the house. Our friendship lasted for several years, during which my character, through the instrumentality of the fiend, intemperance, experienced a radical alteration. I grew moody, irritable, regardless of the feelings of others. I used intemperate language to my wife. I even offered her personal violence. My pets, of course, were made to feel the change in my disposition. I not only neglected, but ill-used them. For Pluto, I retained sufficient regard to restrain me from maltreating him. But at length, even Pluto began to experience the effects of my ill temper. One night, returning home much intoxicated, I fancied that the cat avoided my presence. The fury of a demon instantly possessed me. I took from my waistcoat pocket a penknife, grasped the poor beast by the throat, and deliberately cut one of its eyes from the socket. When I had slept off the night's debauch, I experienced remorse for the crime. But it was a feeble, equivocal feeling. The cat slowly recovered. The socket of the lost eye presented a frightful appearance, but he no longer appeared to suffer any pain. He went about the house as usual, but fled in at my approach. I was at first grieved by this evident dislike on the part of a creature which had once loved me, but this feeling soon gave place to irritation, and then came, as if to my final overthrow, the spirit of perverseness. The longing to do wrong, for wrong's sake only, urged me to consummate the injury I had inflicted upon the unoffending brute. I slipped a noose about its neck and hung it to the limb of a tree. Hung it with tears streaming from my eyes and the bitterest remorse at my heart. That night, I was aroused from sleep by the cry, Fire! 
fire. The whole house was blazing. It was with great difficulty that my wife and myself made our escape. The destruction was complete. On the day succeeding the fire, I visited the ruins. The walls, with one exception, had fallen in. This exception was a compartment wall against which had rested the head of my bed. About this wall, a dense crowd were collected, examining a particular portion with minute and eager attention. I approached and saw, as if graven in bar relief upon the white surface, a figure of a gigantic cat. There was a rope about the animal's neck. The cat had been hung in a garden adjacent to the house. Upon the alarm of fire, this garden had been filled by the crowd, by one of whom the animal must have been cut from the tree and thrown through an open window into my chamber, probably with the view of arousing me from sleep. The falling of other walls had compressed the victim into the fresh plaster, the lime of which had then, with the flames, accomplished the portraiture. Although I thus accounted for the startling fact, for months I could not rid myself of the phantasm of the cat. I went so far as to regret the loss of the animal and to look for another. One night as I sat in a den of more than infamy, my attention was drawn to some object reposing upon one of the immense hog's heads of gin or rum. It was a black cat, a black cat, a gigantic cat. This cat had a large, indefinite splotch of white covering the breast. When I prepared to go home, the animal evinced a disposition to accompany me. When it reached the house, it domesticated itself at once. I soon found dislike arising within me. Its evident fondness for itself, disgusted and annoyed. By degrees, these feelings rose into the bitterness of hatred. I avoided the creature. Gradually, I came to look upon it with loathing. What added to my hatred of the beast was the discovery the morning after I brought it home that, like Pluto, it also had been deprived of one of its eyes. Its partiality for myself, however, seemed to increase. Whenever I sat, it would crouch beneath my chair or spring upon my knees, covering me with caresses. If I arose to walk, it would get between my feet and nearly throw me down. My wife had called my attention more than once to the white hair which constituted the sole visible difference between the strange beast and the one I had destroyed. This mark had been indefinite, but by slow degrees it had assumed a distinct outline. It was now the representation of an object that I shudder to name of a hideous, of a ghastly thing. The gallows. I was wretched. Neither by day nor by night knew I the blessing of rest. During the former, the creature left me no moment alone, and in the latter, 
I started from dreams of unutterable fear to find the hot breath of the thing upon my face. From the ungovernable outbursts of a fury to which I now abandon myself, my uncomplaining wife was the most usual and the most patient of sufferers. One day, she accompanied me upon some household errand into the cellar of the old building which our poverty compelled us to inhabit. The cat followed me down the stairs and, nearly throwing me headlong, exasperated me to madness. Uplifting an axe, I aimed a blow at the animal which would have proved fatal, but this blow was arrested by the hand of my wife. Goaded into a rage more than demoniacal, I withdrew my arm from her grasp and buried the axe in her brain. She fell dead upon the spot. I set myself forthwith to the task of concealing the body. I could not remove it from the house without the risk of being observed by the neighbours. I thought of cutting the corpse into fragments and destroying them by fire. I deliberated about casting it in the well. Finally, I determined to wall it up in the cellar. The cellar walls had lately been plastered throughout with a rough plaster. Moreover, in one of the walls was a projection caused by a fireplace that had been filled up and made to resemble the rest of the cellar. I could readily displace bricks, insert the corpse and wall the hole up so that no eye could detect anything suspicious. By means of a crowbar, I easily dislodged the bricks, and having carefully deposited the body against the inner wall, I propped it in that position, while with little trouble, I relayed the whole structure as it originally stood. When I had finished, the wall did not present the slightest appearance of having been disturbed. My next step was to look for the beast. I had resolved to put it to death. But it appeared that the crafty animal, alarmed at the violence of my previous anger, had fled the premises. My happiness was supreme. The guilt of my dark deed disturbed me but little. Some inquiries had been made, but these had been readily answered. Upon the fourth day of the assassination, a party of police came into the house and proceeded to make rigorous investigation of the premises. Secure in the inscrutability of my place of concealment, I felt no embarrassment. The officers bade me accompany them. They left no nook or corner unexplored. At length they descended into the cellar. My heart beat as calmly as that of one who slumbers in innocence. The police, satisfied, prepared to depart. I burned to say but one word by way of triumph, and to render doubly sure their assurance of my guiltlessness. Oh, by the by, gentlemen, I said as the party ascended the steps, this is a very well constructed house. In the rabid desire to say something easily, I scarcely knew what I uttered at all. These walls are solidly put together. Here, through mere bravado, I tapped heavily with a cane. 
upon that very portion of the brickwork behind which stood the corpse of the wife of my bosom. No sooner had the reverberation of my blows sunk into silence, and I was answered by a voice from within the tomb. A cry at first muffled and broken like the sobbing of a child, and then quickly swelling into one long, loud, continuous scream, a wailing shriek, half of horror and half of triumph, such as might have arisen only out of hell. Swooning, I staggered to the opposite wall. For one instant, the party upon the stairs remained motionless. In the next, a dozen stout arms were toiling at the wall. The corpse, greatly decayed and clotted with gore, stood before the spectators. Upon its head, with red extended mouth and solitary eye of fire, sat the hideous beast whose informing voice had consigned me to the hangman. I had walled the monster up within the tomb. These fireside tales are abridged by Tamsin Collison, with music by Chris O'Shaughnessy and produced by Frank Sterling. They are a unique production for Radio 2. This is Christopher Lee wishing you a very good night. Blame a girl for trying. Chronicity, a state of prolonged duration, recurrent, habitual, chronic. A new miniseries on chronic pain and illness by your friends Matt and Phil from Semi-Intellectual Musings. We go beyond medical diagnosis to explore the often forgotten political, social, and personal sides. You'll hear stories from extraordinary people overcoming extraordinary challenges. Authors, entrepreneurs, volunteers, coaches, and caregivers. They are so much more than their diagnoses, yet each have found ways to persevere. You'll also hear some familiar voices from the indie podcast community. Showing that art, creativity, and passion are possible while living in chronicity. These stories and more starting April 1st at thesim.podbean.com. You love midnight movies, don't you? <laughs> but can you handle midnight movies 24 hours a day? Your death will be indescribable. Find out on Black Flag TV. <laughs> The first viral television on the web. Black Flag TV is entirely dedicated to haunting horror, science fiction, and cult movies. Broadcasting live, 24 hours a day, obscure independent movies and classic horror. Make Black Flag TV your sanctuary for the horror genre. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Visit us now. Blackflag.tv Kill them swiftly if you will, but do it, for do not doubt, you are a killer, Louis! This is Luke and Wolf, 
and you're tuned in to the delightful darkness of EMZT Radio. From iHorrorNews.com, Russian sleep experiment creepypasta being developed as a feature film. MJ is going to be so happy about this. Thanks to writer Michael Patrick McCaffrey and director Barry Anderson, this terrifying urban legend will see new life as a feature film in the Soviet sleep experiment. And for those who might not know, the story goes, In the 1940s in the Soviet Union, a group of scientists conducted a military-approved experiment to test the effects of long-term sleep deprivation and specifically what would happen to those subjects who are denied sleep for 30 days. Their test subjects were a group of five political prisoners who were promised freedom if they participated. As the experiment began, the subjects were placed in a sealed chamber and a gas stimulant was pumped into the room to ensure they stayed awake. A few days into the experiment, one of the test subjects began screaming uncontrollably, and the other subjects began covering the windows of the chamber with paper, using feces and whatever else was at hand to make them stick. By day nine, the test subjects had gone completely quiet, only barely answering the scientists via intercom. And on day 15, the scientists turn off the stimulant and force their way into the chamber, only to find the subjects had mutilated themselves, removing organs, tearing off flesh, and had begun practicing self-cannibalism. The patients demanded that the stimulant be turned back on, and one attacked and killed a guard. After they were subdued, it was discovered that despite their grievous injuries, all of the participants exhibited superhuman strength, resistance to drugs, and were very difficult to kill. However, if they fell asleep on their own, they seemed to die peacefully. By the time the number of participants had fallen to one, the doctors themselves had gone quite mad, especially when the remaining victim identified himself as the evil that lurks in the minds of men that can only be suppressed through sleep. The doctor later killed himself. The new film will star Eva Di Dominici and Rafael Zawiruka as doctors Anna and Leo Antonoff, the scientists in charge of the infamous study, with Chris Kattan, Michael Viller, Charles Hubble, and Paul Cram as various test subjects. Mogo Media and Walk the Moon Media will produce. There is no word yet on how the film will be distributed, but the film is slated for completion in early 2019. And we are looking forward to that! Sounds good! MJ definitely won the poll there. You are listening to EMZT Radio. Gullstaff, are you sure you've decided to haggle with the blacksmith? Yes, and I'm using my ring at charms, which adds a plus ten to all convincing rolls. You don't have to remind me. You seem to have convinced the blacksmith to lower the price on the sword. Rock and roll! I use the sword! What do you mean you use it? I swing it around to see if it's magical. What? You can't tell if a sword is magical by swinging it. It's not, it's not a lightsaber. <laughs> well, whatever. However, I'm supposed to find out if it's magical. It's called a detect magic spell. I didn't want to use that up. Well, say you slept for six hours after you cast it. Okay, detect magic. It's not magical. Dude! <laughs> he said it was a magical sword. He was lying. He said he never tells a lie. He was lying when he said that. <laughs> Dude! Hey, 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 look who brought the Mountain Dew! Yeah! Right on! Bye-bye night, the Mountain Dew! Gulfstaff, as you are standing you. in a dirt road swinging a very unmagical sword, you see the strangest sight. 
A halfling thief is wandering towards you, singing Fly by Night. Nightblade! <laughs> it's Nightblade the halfling thief, and he's carrying a 12-pack of Mountain Dew. No way! His character is carrying Mountain Dew, too? If I roll a 10 or above, then yes. Eleven. <laughs> Here's your character, Nightblade. Where's Picard, the elven ranger? He's coming, and he's bringing his girlfriend. And your point is? Well, she's going to want to play. Fine. She can play. Anyone can play. We're a Brown Deer High School endorsed activity with membership open to the student body. I don't care if Greg Erdman wants to play, if he brings his own dice... If Sarah Doheny wants to play advanced Dungeons and Dragons with us, she can play Titania. Ooh! Isn't that your character? It's not my character. I'm the DM. Sometimes I have to send non-player characters along with you to provide vital information. Yeah, but it seems like mostly you just end up talking through Titania. Whatever. Now we have a girl to play Titania. Hey, guys, what's up? Whoa! Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey! Picard! Hey, Sarah, do you know everybody here? I'm in biology with Scott. Girl Stamp! Oh, you're... He's Nightblade. Jeremy. And Graham. Are you going to play D&D with us? I don't really know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there aren't any rules. It's a game of the imagination. Oh, okay. This is your character sheet. Your name is Titania. I don't know what any of this stuff means. I'll help you. Okay. Well, it's way after 4 o'clock, so can we get started? Yeah. Okay. You've been chatting with Gullstaff in the village road, and you now see Picard, the elven ranger, approaching. And Titania. No, she's not here. Where am I? Titania, you are in darkness. Is there anything here? You're in darkness. Oh. I turn on the light. (laughs) Yeah. Thomas Edison appears in front of you and says, Idiot! I haven't been born yet. I attack him with with my sword. What? He's not really there. That's DM magic. What? It's a joke, Sarah. I don't get it. Come on, Graham. You're confusing her. I'm going to go to the snack machine. Wait, you guys are in the village. Hey, I can still hear you. Let's go to the tavern. Nightblade is wandering off to the tavern. As usual. Nightblade always goes to the tavern. So... Am I still in darkness? Maybe you should light a torch. Does anyone have another quarter? I light a torch. Very good. You were in a room, but no more helping. What's in the room? Nothing. I go to the door. There's no door. Graham! The characters were in a certain place at a certain time at the end of the last adventure. I can't put her in a fluffy cloud just because she's your girlfriend. Well, where is she? If you can't remember, then your character can't remember. Well, my character casts a locate person spell. She's on the fifth sub-level of the Queen of Spiders dungeon, remember? Oh, brother. Am I at the tavern yet? Yes. Does anyone have an extra quarter? Because otherwise I gotta get fun yet. Golf staff. Yes, my friend of steady arrow and ready wit. We have to rescue Titania. I will accompany you if you kill the blacksmith that sold me this sword. Yeah, kill the blacksmith. That sounds fun. Don't kill the blacksmith. That's stupid. So what are we doing it wrong now? He told me to kill the blacksmith. I kill the blacksmith. But your character wouldn't do that. What makes you such an expert? The blacksmith turns into a dragon and eats you. What? Right, huh? The Funyuns are stuck in the machine. I'm going to go home. I'm just in a stupid dark room anyway. Sarah, wait, don't go. Call me later, okay? Okay. What the hell is your problem? What's yours? I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. 
Don't get mad at me because your girlfriend didn't have a good time. For God's sakes, this is advanced, Mark. Advanced? Yes. Shut up. Oh, that's made of... I'm not worried about my creativity, Mark. I'm the dungeon master. I control worlds, universes. Every potion you drink, I mixed. Every magic item you find, I put it there. Do you remember when you killed that hill giant? I rolled a 20, double damage. You rolled a 19, Mark. I fudged it. That giant would have killed you, man. But I admired your spark. You wanted it so badly, so I helped. Because I wanted to. And I help people when I want to. And right now, you're roasting in the hot belly of a platinum dragon. So why don't you ask yourself where your priorities lie? Are we still playing? Yeah. In that case, Gullstaff casts a friendship spell on both of you. Friendship? What kind of gayness is that? Shut up, night kid. I'm not gay. I was in the tavern with wenches. Yeah, male gay wenches. Like you. You guys, shut up. Titania is here. Titania? She says what? How did you get out of the dungeons? I turned my bag of holding inside out, wrapped it around me, and walked through the dungeon walls. You can do that? It's all in the dice. Well, let's go on an adventure. Shouldn't we get Sarah? No. You played Titania. Titania gives you a crystal. She says, anytime you need me, you can use this. Um, are you guys being funny? You. Sailors started whistling at Sergeant's great butterfly company store. 
the duck stole the scene In a sloppy old jalopy singer sewing machine With a breakaway skeleton but very afraid She fell victim to the vortex of the harlequin maid Called the fire brigade Calm and don't go swimming, don't have sex, don't smoke, don't drink, don't go out, don't split up, don't run from the killer. If you trip, get up and run, and above all, turn on the stupid light before entering any room. Unless you do want to die. Just some friendly tips to save your life in a horror movie. From your friends at EMZT Radio. And you're listening to EMZT Radio. Everything horror from the human race to entertainment. The Horror Gaming Report brought to you by ThatTechShop.com. Head over right now to ThatTechShop.com and type in the code EMZT at checkout for 20% off of all items for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. And now it's time for the Horror Gaming Reports. This comes to you by HorrorGeekLife.com. And this is 14 most anticipated video games coming in 2019. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Set two months after the events of the first Resident Evil game, most of Raccoon City population are now zombies due to an outbreak of the T-Virus. Ricky police officer Leon S. Kennedy and college student Claire Redfield try to survive, while Claire searches for her brother Chris Redfield. This classic horror survival game isn't getting a remaster. It is a total reimagination. Capcom said in a PlayStation blog post, While Resident Evil 2 was initially announced as a remake, there's a lot more going on here than simply recreating the original game. They also explained that the entire game has been rebuilt from the ground up, which is sure to give an hardcore fans a whole new gameplay experience. It will also feature an over-the-shoulder view, similar to Resident Evil 4. Release date, January 25th. Platforms will be the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I know, I know, but Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 tells the story of the power of friendship as Sora and his friends embark on a perilous adventure. Set in a vast array of Disney and Pixar worlds, Kingdom Hearts follows the journey of Sora, a young boy, an unknowing heir to a spectacular power. Sora is joined by Donald Duck and Goofy to stop an evil force known as the Heartless from invading and overtaking the universe. The first announcement for Kingdom Hearts 3 came during E3 2013, and fans of the game series have been anxiously awaiting the release ever since. Players will have a chance to visit worlds from films such as Tangled, Big Hero 6, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of the Caribbean, and Ratatouille. 
Release date is January 29th. The platforms are PS4 and Xbox One. Trails Rising. Explore over-the-top action and physics-bending motorcycle racing in the latest opus of the Trials franchise. This multiplayer physics-based motorcycle game will have plenty of racing action and take players around the globe to compete in challenges. Multiplayer fun will include a tandem bike mode, while Track Central will allow you to create and share your own tracks. Release date is February 12th. Platforms will be the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Crackdown 3 From out of nowhere, a new enemy attacked. Major metropolitan areas were hit with a never-before-seen form of elemental warfare. Plunged into darkness and chaos. In the aftermath, the agency picked up a hot lead. And now they'll stop at nothing to find the ones who knocked us down. To deliver a harsh dose of justice, but any means necessary. If you played Crackdown and Crackdown 2, then you will already be familiar with the gameplay for Crackdown 3. The release for this sequel comes nine years after the previous game and will give you a variety of weapons and vehicles as you work to take down mobs and kingpins. There will also be a new competitive multiplayer mode called Wrecking Zone that will let you destroy an entire city. Release date February 15th on the Xbox One and PC. Dead or Alive 6 Dead or Alive 6 features fighting entertainment with multi-tiered stages that are now both dynamic and critical parts of the competitive experience. The story will follow that of Dead or Alive 5, shedding light on two main narratives, namely the battle between Ninja and Doatek versus Mist led by Donovan and the tournament Dead or Alive 6. Although it is titled Dead or Alive 6, this will actually be the 19th installment in the Dead or Alive series. It will feature a few changes, including special move gauge, visible player damage, and toned down sexuality. There are currently 23 confirmed fighters, with new characters getting introduced, including Nico, a genius scientist, and a Mexican-American street fighter named Diego. Release date? February 15th for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Metro Exodus. The year is 2036, a quarter century after nuclear war devastated the Earth. A few thousand survivors still cling to existence beneath the ruins of Moscow in the tunnels of the Metro. They have struggled against the poisoned elements, fought mutated beasts and paranormal horrors, and suffered the flames of civil war. But now, as Art Yam, you must flee the metro and lead a band of Spartan rangers on an incredible continent-spanning journey across post-apocalyptic Russia in search of a new life in the East. Set two years after the events of 2013's Metro Last Light, this story-driven game will blend FPS and horror survival, and your decisions will have consequences. Similar to the previous games in the series, Metro Exodus will have a major focus on environment with dynamic weather that changes season over the course of the game, which takes place over the span of a year. Release date, February 22nd for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Anthem. 
On a world left unfinished by the gods, a shadowy faction threatens all of humankind. The only thing that stands between these villains and the ancient technology they covet are the freelancers. Join up to three other players and assemble high-tech, handcrafted, uniquely powerful suits of armor. Explore vast ruins, battle deadly enemies, and claim otherworldly artifacts. With every mission, you and your javelin grow in power. Fight the dangers of an ever-changing world. Rise united to defeat evil. Triumph as one. Anthem combines action RPG and FPS gameplay, letting players take on the role of a freelancer while wearing customizable suits called javelins. These suits will give players abilities, such as flight and superhuman speed, which can be enhanced as they progress. Both cooperative and individual achievements will be rewarded, and players can look forward to the world growing and expanding. Release date, February 22nd, for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Devil May Cry 5 The invasion begins with the seeds of a demon tree take root in Redgrave City. As this hellish incursion starts to take over the city, a young demon hunter, Nero, arrives with his partner, Nico. Finding himself without the use of his right arm, Nero enlists Nico, a self-professed weapons artist, to design a variety of unique mechanical devil breaker arms to give him extra powers to take an evil demon, such as the blood-sucking flying Empuza and giant colossus enemy Goliath. The fifth installment of the Devil May Cry series takes place years after the events of 2003's Devil May Cry 2. It will see the return of Dante and Nero as playable characters, as well as a third character named V. Take down swarms of demons and bosses with fast-paced stylish hack and slash gameplay. Release date March 8th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Division 2 The fate of the free world is on the line in Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Lead a team of elite agents into a post-pandemic Washington, D.C. to restore order and prevent the collapse of the city. Tom Clancy's The Division 2 is an online action shooter RPG and a follow-up to 2016's The Division. Taking place seven months after the events of the first game, it will feature a campaign, co-op, PvP, and raids that will allow up to eight players to participate. Release date will be March 15th for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Sinking City In the 1920s, on the east coast of the United States, the half-submerged city of Oakmont is gripped by supernatural forces. Your private investigator, uncovering the truth of what has possessed the city and corrupted the minds of its inhabitants. And yours. Inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft, The Sinking City will feature a non-linear storyline and open-world investigation. The game's development team, Frogwares, is known for their outstanding Sherlock Holmes video game series. Putting those well-tuned investigative game mechanics to use while fighting monstrous creatures sounds like a brilliant time. Release date, March 21st for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice In Sekiro's Shadow Dies Twice, you are the one-armed wolf, a disgraced and disfigured warrior rescued from the brink of death. 
bound to protect a young lord who is the descendant of an ancient bloodline. You become the target of many vicious enemies, including the dangerous Ashina clan. When the young lord is captured, nothing will stop you on a perilous quest to regain your honor, not even your death itself. From the creators of Dark Souls and Bloodborne comes this action-adventure game that takes place in the late 1500s Japan during the Sengoku period. The gameplay will differ from Dark Souls and Bloodborne in that it will not have RPG elements or online multiplayer. The antagonist will be equipped with a katana and a secondary sword called the Mortal Blade as he sets out to get his revenge. Release date is going to be March 22nd for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Days Gone Days Gone is an open-world action-adventure game where you play as Deacon St. John, a drifter and bounty hunter who would rather risk the dangers of the broken road than live in one of the safe wilderness encampments. The game takes place two years after a global pandemic has killed almost everyone, but transformed millions of others into what survivors call freakers, mindless, virile creatures, more animal than human, but very much alive and quickly evolving. Days Gone is a zombie survival horror game that will be exclusive to the PS4. The zombies, or freakers, will be slower and more docile during the day and quicker and more aggressive at night. Feral, undead humans aren't your only enemies either. The infections spread to animals as well, meaning you'll have zombie bears, wolves, and other wildlife hunting you down. Release date, April 26th, again exclusively for PS4. Team Sonic Racing Team Sonic Racing combines the best elements of arcade and fast-paced competitive style racing as you face off with friends in intense multiplayer racing. Team Sonic Racing will feature an adventure mode, multiplayer, and local co-op, and team racing, so players get to enjoy the game however they choose. There will be 15 playable characters, including Sonic, Dr. Eggman, Vector the Crocodile, and Knuckles the Echidna, and 21 tracks available. Release date May 21st on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Shenmue 3 Shinmu 3 sees the eagerly anticipated continuation of the epic story-driven saga. Take control of Ryu Hazuki, a teenage martial artist determined to unravel the mystery behind his father's murder and to exact revenge on the killer. From the legendary game director Yu Suzuki, Shinmu 3 comes 18 years after Shinmu 2, originally released on the Sega Dreamcast. It will take place in 1987, after the events of the previous game. A crowdfunding campaign was launched a few years ago by Suzuki and raised an astonishing $6.3 million against a $2 million goal. To say that Shamu 3 is highly anticipated would be a huge understatement. Release date is August 27th on PS4 and PC. And that was 14 most anticipated video games coming in 2019 on the Horror Gaming Report with Scorpio Girl. And remember, listening to EMZT Radio, you can find everything horror from the human race to entertainment. Holy sh- God damn!
I know why I'm doing it. I'm giving Morty Smith an A in horror class. They're not like the Loch Ness Monster, Dean. Dragons aren't real. EMZT Radio is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of EMZT Radio Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. That's audibletrial.com slash EMZT. Ironized Yeast presents... Lights out, everybody. It is later than you think. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These lights-out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. But if you're fascinated by the mysterious, the fantastic, the unearthly, then anticipate chills in our story of poltergeist. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, <laughs> that was swell. Now let's go to town. St. Louis woman with her diamond ring. Kicking that man oh, around. No. no, stop that, Kay. What's the matter? Am I scaring the horse? Oh, it seems like a sacrilege singing a song like that out here. This beautiful clean snow and blue sky. Well, what's wrong with a hot song to keep us warm? If you think the St. Louis blues is going to dirty up the snow, you ought to hear Frankie and Johnny the way I sing it. Oh, stop it, Kay. You're not <laughs> funny at all. Why can't you enjoy the fresh air without that cabaret sort of thing? Oh, just an old-fashioned gal, eh, Florence? How about you, Edna? Don't you like my songs either? You haven't said anything for the last five minutes. Well, I, I haven't been listening to you to tell the truth. I love to watch the snow sort of flow along under the sleigh. When you say that, gal, smile. Gosh, did you ever see more snow in your life? The man at the hotel said it had been snowing on and off up here for two weeks. I think coming out here to the country's the best thing we three have done since we started rooming together. Hiking in the snow's terribly healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. The healthier I get, the worse I feel. <laughs> Crazy idiot. She does say the funniest things, doesn't she? I always say that Kay ought to... Hallelujah, we're here. Is this as far as we go, driver? That's right, miss. Can't go no further down this road account of the drift. Oh, my goodness. The drifts are too deep for a horse. How can we walk through them? I second the motion. Well, you young ladies don't have to worry none so long as you keep going down the valley over there. Snow ain't piled up that way all the way to Ma Jenkins. Well, that's marvelous. Come on, girls. Let's get started. So long. Take care of yourselves, girls. Come on, Edna. Goodbye, Miss Montel. Listen to the snow talking at us. It's very dry snow. Our feet rub particles of it together and the friction makes a sound. Kind of scary, mm. isn't it? Why? Oh, I don't know. It's just mm. as if the snow was sort of trying to talk to mm. us. I mean, as if it was angry at our trespassing. Hey, don't tell me we're trespassing. I don't want any country squire taking any pot shots at my uh, constitutional amendment with rock salt. No, thank you. Oh, don't talk nonsense, Kay. We're not trespassing. Why, this path through the valley here over to Mrs. Jenkins' house is the favorite hike of everyone who comes up this way during the winter. What's Mrs. Jenkins got anyway that makes people walk their feet off? <laughs> Wait till you taste her cooking. Eat. Oh, boy, let's go. It's awfully quiet out here, isn't it? Oh, that's the glory of it. I've had the roar of the subway in my ears so long. Okay, don't walk so fast. Come on, look what I found. Oh, come on, Edna. Oh, please. Let me take your arm. I'm getting out of breath. Well, take it easy. There's no hurry. <sighs> well, what is it, Kay? Look, through the circle of trees here. Look what I discovered. Well, isn't that interesting? It's a sort of a natural amphitheater. Sure. Say, who was this guy, Daniel Boone? What's an amphitheater? Well, that, that means an oval circling place with rising tiers of seats. It's, you know, like that place we went to for the horse show. Oh. Back in the times of the Greeks, they had outdoor theaters. Listen to the professor. They made use of places just like this, where the ground sloped up and made a sort of a natural arena or stage below. Theater. That's an idea. Sit down, gals, and I'll give you a special performance of the K Follies. It's awful snowy here, isn't it? I'll trample it down with my spring dance. Welcome, sweet spring. <laughs> isn't she a nut dancing in the snow? If I had that girl's energy. She's really graceful, isn't she? I'll bet if she went on the stage... Oh! Kay. She fell. Kay. Oh. Kay, did you hurt yourself? Oh, did I land on my dignity. Here, give me a hand. Here, I'll help you. There you are. Oh, did I take a flop. Did you hurt yourself badly? I'll live. What in the world did I trip over? 
Oh, no wonder. Look at that rock under the snow. No wonder I did a nosedive. Oh, my gee. goodness. There are rocks like that all over. Oh. A person could break their neck if they... Girls, what's the matter? What is it? Kay, the rock you tripped over. It... It's not a rock. What are you talking about? Of course it's a rock. Well, yes, but it's something... Something more than that. It's a tombstone. <laughs> tombstone? Oh, no, it, it can't be. Look it... for yourself. It says, Here lies buried the remains of one who, restless in life... Stop! Don't worry anymore. Stop! And, and all these other stones laying flat on the ground. They're tombstones, too? Yes. Whew, what a place to pick to dance. <gasps> What's the matter, Edna? What did you scream for? Kay, you... You danced on the grave. What? You danced on the grave. I saw you. I saw you do it. You danced on the grave. Okay. Edna, stop it. Stop it. Oh, what's come into her? Edna, stop acting Edna, like stop that. for heaven's sake. Control yourself. Okay. Okay, I'm so sorry for you. You danced on a grave. For heaven's sake, stop talking like that. Sure, I danced on a grave. Well, yes, of course she did. It was perfectly accidental. And what if it wasn't? What of it? The poltergeist. The what? Edna Hanson, what are you talking about? What's that word you just used? Poltergeist. Okay, what have you done? You superstitious little fool. If you don't stop talking that way, I'm going to slap your face. What's the matter with you? I didn't do anything. You walked on the grave. You danced on the grave. So Edna, what? be sensible. We all walked on graves, but it was purely accidental. Yeah. We had no intention of desecrating them. It doesn't matter, I tell you. It doesn't matter. The poltergeist. He'll come. I know he will. Oh, what's the use? She's crazy. Edna, what are you talking about? What's the poltergeist? What are you so frightened about? My father, he told me, if you walk on a grave, if you dance on a grave... The poltergeist. Poltergeist what? What is a poltergeist? An evil spirit. It comes out of the grave. It kills. It destroys. It'll kill us. It'll kill us all. Stop it. It throws things down. Oh, please. Lay off that way. Edna. But it won't get me. Edna, come back here. She's gone insane. I'll get her. Edna. Okay, catch her. Edna. Edna, don't run away. Nothing will hurt you. Nothing. Oh, Edna, look out. (laughs) Okay. Okay, what happened? That stone. It hit Edna. Edna. Edna, open your eyes. Blood. Blood all over her face. Kay, who threw that stone? Who threw it? I don't know. It came from the graveyard. Ladies and gentlemen, a deep breath. We all need one before we go on with the story of Kay, Florence, and Edna. The story of Poltergeist on tonight's Lights Out. You and I are rational people, and yet so many strange things are happening today, happening to people all around us. How about you? Are, are you worried about what's going on to your physical condition? Now, to return to Lights Out. Three girls had started on a happy holiday. Now one of them has been gravely injured. Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, doctor, she won't die. Tell me she won't die. No, no, of course not. And you're sure that her skull isn't fractured? Oh, absolutely not. Maybe a little concussion, that's all. Well, it's almost five. Our train. Can we get someone to help us carry her down to the station so we can get her on board? Board? I'm telling you that little friend of yours shouldn't be moved out of bed for a week. If you do, 
Well, it might be just too bad. Oh, Flo, what'll we do? Uh, you go home, Kate. I'll stay with her. Oh, no, you won't. I'm not leaving you here alone in this godforsaken place. If you stay, I stay too. Kate, please be sensible. Why should we all lose our jobs when you If you'll go... excuse me, you ladies, I've got to be on my way. Oh, yes, of course, Doctor. Is there anything more you can do for Edna, Doctor? Any medicine or something? Nope, I've done all I can do. She's sleeping comfortable now. Uh, Miss? Yes, Doctor? The constable's sick too, you know, and he's sort of depending on me to keep things straight. Now, uh, just how did you say that little friend of yours got hurt? Well, it was just the way we explained, Doctor. That rock came flying and... Yes, yes, I know, but who threw the rock? We... we don't know. What? That's true, Doctor. We don't know. But somebody threw it. You can't change facts. Somebody threw the rock that cracked her head. For heaven's sakes, old man, you don't think we did it? No, miss, I didn't. excited. Doctor, you've got to believe us. It happened just the way we said. All at once, that rock came flying through the air from the direction of the graveyard. It struck Edna, and, and we just didn't see who threw it. All right, if that's your story. Oh, you better stay in your rooms here. I mean, you better not be leaving until the constable's on his feet and has a chance to talk with you. I'll be back in a few hours and see how the girl is. He doesn't believe us. What difference does it make? We know what we saw. But what did we see? She was running. She she fell. Kay. Well? Let's not fool ourselves. There was no one there to throw that rock. There must have been. But there wasn't. Stop saying that. Aren't you brave enough to face facts? There wasn't any place for anyone to hide. I saw that stone. It seemed to come down out of the air. So slowly. Florence, if you don't stop talking like that... You remember what... What Edna said? It throws things. Stop looking at me like that. You're giving me the jitters. She said the poltergeist throws things. Spirit of evil. Florence, Robert, you gone crazy too? Why should we laugh at things like that? What right have we got to laugh? How do we know there aren't powers we can't see or understand? Powers of evil that revenge and insult just like an evil man. Kay, how do we know? What are you talking like that for? What are you trying to scare me for? You, you're supposed to be the most intelligent one of us all. You with your college degrees. Sure, sure, I danced on the grave. But the dead are dead and they can't revenge a thing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. I tell you, it's not... What? It's Edna. Come on. Edna, we're coming to you. Don't be afraid. We're coming. Open the door, Florence. It's not locked. It's stuck. It won't Here, do. let me. Edna, what is it? What? Oh. Edna, what? Oh. On your head. I run a decent place, and I don't want you... <gasps> oh. The girl on the bed. Her head. It's crushed flat in by a rock. God in heaven. It's not a rock. It's a tombstone. Ha, 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 ha.
I... I wish I could cry. But I haven't got any more tears. Oh, Edna. Edna. Florence, darling, please. You'll kill yourself if you keep on like that. All of this horrible night would only end. It was my fault. Mine. I was the one who got her out here. She didn't want to go. She hates the country. But I made her come. I made her. No. No, you're not the one to blame. I am. I danced on the grave. But she was so good. So sweet. Oh, why does it have to be Edna? Why? You're right. It wasn't right for it to be her, was it? Oh, no. I did it, not her. I did it. I danced on the grave. I danced on the grave. You can't deny what you see with your own eyes. But I tell you, Doc, nobody could have carried that tombstone up the steps without me seeing him, could they? But there it is, ain't it? Yeah. There it is. Either somebody's playing a terrible joke or... You don't have to say it, Doc. I know. That's just the trouble. You don't know, and I don't know, and nobody knows. Yeah. And... And that tombstone. Well, what about the tombstone? I... I ain't quite sure, but... That's a tombstone out of the old burying grounds up at the bend. You're crazy. No, I ain't either. Well, that place is a good three miles from here. Yeah. I know. Who could have carted a heavy stone like that for three miles? Yeah. Who? Stop looking like that, you flap-eared old fool. Human hands carried that stone in here and killed that girl? Sure. Yeah, the constable will find out who did it the minute he's on his feet again. You wait and see. No, he won't, Doc. You're smarter than me and all that, but... Oh, this time you're wrong. There ain't nobody that takes in breath and leaves out breath like you and me. Or the constable's gonna find out who killed that girl. You know that, Doc. No, stop talking. I wish the constable was here and this night was over. It's been a terrible night. Terrible. Terrible clock. Ticking. Ticking. Yeah, I know. I've been sitting here listening to it. I can't stand it anymore. I'll stop it. Why bother with it? Come on to bed, Kay. Please. There's no use sitting there. It won't help her. Yeah. Nothing can help her. But maybe I can help you. Me? It was my fault. Mine. I was the reason it happened. It killed her and it'll kill you and me too unless I stop. No, don't say that. It's true. But why should you be hurt? I'm to blame, not you. Listen, Flo. I'll go out there. There? Out there to the graveyard. What? I'll talk to her. I'll, I'll tell her I didn't mean to do it. No. That I didn't know where I was dancing. Please. Maybe somehow it'll hear, listen to me, and, and then it won't hurt oh, you. No, no, I won't let you go out there. It'll kill but you. Florence, it'll kill you, too. Oh, no, no, I'll hold you. You can't go. You can't. All right. Come on to bed, Kay, please. In the morning, in the morning, things will be different. But it won't. Nothing will hurt us. The men, they're right outside the door. They won't let anything get at us. Hey, please, come to bed. Yeah. We'll... We'll pray. Pray? 
I... I don't exactly know how. Just say anything. Anything. Like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now you. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Kay? Kay, are you asleep? I can't sleep anymore. Kay, tomorrow, I mean, when it gets light and everything, do you think people will believe us? Do you think so, Kay? I'm not quite sure what happened. I always used to be so sure about things. And now I... Kay? Kay, where are you? Kay, where... The window. She went out the window. She's gone out there. To the graveyard. To talk to it. Okay, why did you go? Why did you go? I'll go out there, too. Well, she'll be so frightened out there alone. I'll go, too. I'll go, too. Oh, so cold. Hands. Snow so sharp. Cutting my legs. Oh, why did you go out there, Kay? Why did you? I've got to find you. Wind. Oh, why doesn't the wind stop? Blow, blow, thou winter wind. Thou art not so unkind as... This way, Hooper. They must have come this way. <laughs> Climbing out the window like that in the middle of the night. They must have gone crazy, the both of them. Well, let's not worry about that now. We've got to find them. 
Here, give me that lantern. What is it, Doc? What have you found? A shoe. One of the girl's shoes. By gosh, stuck in the snow. We're going the right way. Come on, move fast. We've got to get to them. Doc, look at this. What is it? Over there. Ain't these footprints? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. Footprints. Hello? Up ahead. Hello? Doc, we're... We're getting pretty close to the old burying grounds. Well? Maybe... Oh, look here, Doc. Let's not be fools. Let's wait till morning. What? Let those frightened girls freeze to death? Get along. But, Doc, I... You come uh, with me or the whole town will know what a yellow-livered no-good you are. All right. All right. You don't have to get so sore, Doc. Hello? Hello? Anybody up there? Hello? Doc. Doc, look. What? There they are. Up ahead. Glory be, they're alive. The both of them. Come on. Doc. Doc, look at them. That's the burying ground up there. And they're dancing. Dancing on the graves. Well, they must be out of their heads. Come on, we've got to stop them. Doc! Doc, wait for me! Oh, Doc, it's... It's Doc again. Where are they, Doc? Where are the girls? Have they... Have they stopped dancing? Yes. Huh? They've stopped dancing. Did... Did they ever dance? What are you talking about, Doc? We saw them. We saw them dancing in this place with our own eyes. Did we? The moonlight. Here it comes again. See with your eyes again. <gasps> oh, no. Both of the girls froze stiff to the ground. Each with her head crushed by a tombstone. Um, Mr. Obler, would you mind telling us, me, whether there actually are such things as poltergeists? All I can tell you is this. There are authenticated records in existence that in the city of London on the 27th day of April, 1872, from four in the afternoon on a Thursday until half past eleven at night, a certain room in a certain house was deluged by stones thrown from no apparent source. The London police surrounded the house, but they found no trace of whoever or whatever was throwing those stones with a murderous violence. I, uh, I see. So much for poltergeist. It is later than you think.
There's a monster in your chest. These guys hijacked your ship, and they sold your cryotube to this human. And he put an alien inside of you. It's a really nasty one. And in a few hours, it's going to burst its way through your rib cage, and you're going to die. Any questions? This is Luke and Wolf, and you're listening to EMZT Radio with your hosts, the Sinister Sisters. <laughs> Sinister Sisters. <laughs> Welcome to another Sinister Sisters. I'm Bane Hellborn with my sister. Scorpio girl. And guest. Boom doom. Since the holidays are coming up, we're deciding to take the darker side of Christmas and talk about... Krampus and Company. Apparently we found some other stories that go with Krampus on the dark side. Of course. We wouldn't be sinister if we didn't do the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay. So you go factual. Krampus. Okay. What the hell is it? Well, Krampus Nacht or Krampus Night is a celebration that dates back hundreds of years to Europe where it was popular in Germany. It was suppressed for years, being forbidden at times by the Catholic Church, as well as by fascists in uh, Europe during World War II. Interest in Krampusnacht and in Krampus, the character it deals with, has grown over the past century. There has been a resurgence in Germany, particularly in the states of Bulgaria, as well as in the Czech Republic, Austria, Hungary, and Slovenia. Popular popularity has also increased in the United States because of a movie. <laughs> Several. Several movies, but one particular. Uh, the day is based on Krampus, which is a mythical beast that is half demon and half goat, characteristically similar to some creatures in Greek mythology. It has fangs, horns, cowbells on its waist, and a switch made of birch sticks meant for whipping uh, naughty children. The harshness of its appearance is fitting, as Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which means... Claws. Claws. Oh, I just saw a kitty. (laughs) According to folklore, on the evening of December 5th, Krampus punishes children who have been bad by whipping them with his switch. He then takes them to his lair. People have been dressing up in ways similar to Krampus for centuries. Uh, During the 15th and 16th century, masked devils were used at winter church plays. On Krampusnacht in modern times, men dress up in Krampus costumes made of sheepskin, and women sometimes dress up as a Nordic figure named Frau Perchta, Perchta, which is you. You want to take on the reins on that one? was once known as a goddess in Alpine paganism in the upper German and Austrian regions of the Alps. Her name may mean the bright one. (laughs) She's not so bright, actually. And it's probably related to the name Birchentag, meaning the Feast of the Epiphany. Jugendmacht provides an alternative etymology attributing the origin of the name Perchta or Bertha 
to the old high German verb pergen, meaning hidden or covered. Perchta is often identified as stemming from the same Germanic goddess as Holda and other female figures of German folklore, such as Frigga or Frigg. According to Jacob Grimm and Lotte Motz, Perchta is Holda's southern cousin or equivalent as they both share the role of guardian of the beasts and appear during the 12 days of Christmas when they oversee spinning. And, and it's, you know, she's also known as the leader of the wild hunt. And the hunt was comprised of elves, fairies, and demons running around and doing evil things. Seeing the hunt in passing was thought to be an omen indicating great misfortune. Uh, her physical attributes um, are much like Krampus, um, very beast-like, while others describe her as a tall, white-robed woman. Or she's very, very pretty. See, so sadly, this was the age before Instagram, so we have no selfies of her. (laughs) And apparently what she does is she cuts open the children and stuffs garbage in them. Well, she, like, removes their organs and takes them with her and and puts garbage and stones and... In in the naughty children. In the naughty children. That's a dick move. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they deserve it. But if you were good... She'd leave a piece of silver in the shoes of children and servants who were good that year. First of all, silver is deadly. Wait, no. Yeah, no, silver is good. deadly. Silver uh, coins. Quick, uh, quick fun fact. Uh, back then, to, people thought uh, pe- rich people would eat tomatoes on silver plates and uh, would die. I wonder why. And then people started saying tomatoes are poisonous. But really... The tomatoes were just getting off silver, off the silver plate, and was poisoning them. Also, like the lead plates, too. Okay, for that sidetrack on metallurgy. (laughs) But anyways, with Krampus, parades and parties take place. There's also often a Krampus schloff, or Krampus run, where people run through the streets Um, dressed up as Krampus. Um, The day has become increasingly uh, commercialized, and Krampus has, of course, appeared on cards and ornaments and books, graphic novels, TV shows, video games, and, of course, movies. And um, so, yeah, if if you have a city or a state that holds these festivals, definitely check one out, because it seems to be great fun. And I, I will contest to... Germans know how to party. I went to one Oktoberfest and those Germans know how to get down. (laughs) There's also a Nicholas Tog, St. Nicholas Day. The same St. Nicholas whose Dutch name is Sinterklaas evolved from Santa Claus. Okay. What's his deal? He looks like a pope. It's, in other words, it's time for presents for all the little girls and boys. That is all the ones who haven't been beaten, damned, or drowned. Hmm. What? Jeez. Which is the day after Krampusnacht, so December 6th. Oh, so it's like a whole month of hell. Yeah. Krampus may be a monster, but he pals around with Santa. Originally, Krampus was a purely pagan creation, said to be son of hell from North mythology. But he got grafted into Christian tradition as sidekick of St. Nicholas, similar to figures of Zwarte Piet in the Netherlands and Necht Ruprecht in Germany. Since the 17th century, the two have been linked in a sort of Christmas yin-yang with Krampus as St. Nick's dark companion. 
costume figures of the two traditionally visiting houses and businesses together on Krampus Knocked. Santa goes with him on Krampus Knocked. St. Nick brings the gifts and Krampus brings the pain. So as a young child, Boom Doom, what are your thoughts on, would you be scared if this was really happening back in the day? Would you? Well, I'm lucky because... Well, the question is, would you be scared if you really had to live this type of festivals and traditions? No. You wouldn't be scared? I know you lying. He's lying. I know you He would you're never lying. want to leave the house. <laughs> I mean, if I were a kid and this was like the rule or the law of behave or else. Yeah. I mean, I'd be scared to death of a demon like goat man creature coming to whip me and then a shape shifting broad to slip my belly open and replace my organs with trash. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It'd be more of an incentive to be good, wouldn't it? I'm wondering how Jacob Grimm got a hold of this story. Well, I don't know. So there's several Krampus movies. There's a uh, top two that we've, I know I've watched. Uh, there's Krampus came out in 2015 about a boy who is having a bad Christmas accidentally summons Krampus to his home because his family was not celebrating Christmas the way he'd like. And we know how that all turned out. <laughs> and then there's a Christmas horror story, which came out on Netflix last year. Uh, and it's it's a Christmas anthology in this one town. All these little Christmas horror stories going on where uh, Santa gets to fight Krampus in one episode. Oh, like a Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, this. Whoa, we didn't even yeah. see that. Where he's a slayer of evil. Did Santa you watch is. that? Yes. Oh, was, awesome. was it good? It was awesome. It, is it still on Netflix? No. Oh. It came out 2015, the same time as the Krampus movie. But it was it, really good. But if it says that Krampus and Santa palled around, why would he... Well, they were like yin and yang, so there was good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And I just found this little nugget. Krampus's grandfather is none other than Loki via Norse mythology. Well, yeah, he's... Krampus is the son of hell. Loki, man. Son of hell. H-E-L. The go- uh, a goddess of night. Well, and darkness. Loki is the grandfather. Yep. Which we all know about Loki. Mischievous. Mischievous. Uh, to the point of killing people. Well, yeah, that is quite delicious. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. He thinks so. <laughs> you can do uh, Google a list of Krampus movies. There's, uh, of course, Krampus movies in other languages. Like there's a German one from 1969, Der Krampus. Ooh, what's that? I don't know. It doesn't say. There's a 2016 version I haven't seen. Krampus the Devil Returns. Five years after the murder of his wife and disappearance of his daughter, former police officer Jeremy Duffin is brought back to help in the hunt for a yuletide monster that punishes children that have been naughty. As the monster becomes more erratic and unpredictable, Jeremy learns the truth about the disappearance of his daughter and the fate that has been bestowed upon him by an unlikely source. Oh, I hear a family curse. Right. <laughs> I mean, look at his lineage. Yeah. Krampus und Angelica. 1965. Whoa. Uh, I cannot pronounce these names. Uh, I probably can. Go for it. Elfrendic. Elfren. Elfrend. 
Arilm Garica. That's Chakalia Baxavanas. Ernst. And by the way, you said these are actors, right? These are real actors' names because obviously it's a, where was it made? Germany. Germany. (laughs) Or here's a fun one. It's a seven minute short, a a visit from Krampus, 2015. What do magic mushrooms, Arctic shamans, and the pagan god Odin have to do with Santa Claus? A scary bedtime story on Christmas Eve leads to the worst night ever. <laughs> Seven minutes. I want to watch that. Well, according to um, children in Austria that are now, you know, elderly, like severely elderly, the family of Krampus were like a real threat to kids. It was a real threat. Mm. And... Um, just telling the stories of waiting in the darkness, terrified, hearing the clamor of strange voices coming from outside the window. I mean, you know, the parents were messing with them. <laughs> you know, there was a, I, I yeah. think the Krampus was a perfect, I forget if it was pagan, let alone the perfect revenge parental tool yeah. of all times. Yeah. I mean, take a happy, happy holiday full of, Gift giving and presents and, and put a candy. fucking demon in it. <laughs> and put a demon in it to make sure these bastards behave. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in farmers, no, because I don't live in America. <laughs> but yeah, even even these kids were saying that some of their, you know, family members, uncles, grandfathers, whatever, would terrify them wholly and, you know, dress up as Krampus and oh, knock yeah. on the door. <laughs> kids aren't going to know the difference because all they're seeing is scary masks and cheap clothing and cowbells on the waist yeah if you you want to terrorize your children and make them never love you again great idea oh I found out that uh, the reason why Krampus is carrying chains is because he's actually a slave to Saint Nick he's Santa's slave that's not what it showed in the Krampus movie what he did with that chain it was basically a lure, uh, it had a hook and lure on it, so he can grab the kids. Yeah, no, this is saying that he was actually a slave to St. Nick. But According to Al Ridner, author of a book about Krampus, he says the popular belief about Krampus, that he's punishing kids because that's what Krampus does, is largely wrong. He's only doing what he does because St. Nicholas can't be bothered to get his hands dirty, and those chains are a reminder that he's completely subservient to the will of the more Christian entity. Um, he's a reminder oh. that you can't have good without evil. And maybe it's not his fault that he likes his job. Oh. <laughs> Yo, when Just you- like Dean, when Dean went to hell, didn't didn't he like torturing people? Yeah. For, uh, yeah, he spent 10 years doing it. Yep. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's not his fault he likes it because... This is, you know... What he was made for. This is what he was made for. Ooh, a backstory on Santa Claus. No. If you look at that face, I don't think the... The one thing... The only way I would believe it is if his hands were on... The chains were on his hands and he wasn't murdering children. No, but that's his job. 
But the only way I'll believe that piece of shit story is if there's chains on Krampus and a whip with Santa. There is chains on Krampus. No, I meant on his hands. Oh, no. Oh, no, because no, I don't believe it. He's been... It's his job to bring punishment. Well, yeah, he needs his hands to whip the kids and eat them. Because yeah. that's that's the only thing that Krampus can eat is evil children with little black hearts. <laughs> Why can't he go to hell and have a feast? Because, because Saint that, Nick needs a needs, needs a, a helper. What do you what do you call that? A made man. Santa needs his made man, his right hand man. <laughs> Santa can't touch that shit. <laughs> no, he's the good one. He's, he's the good guy. He's got a rep to uphold. Man, this is a great kind of twist. Oh my god! They need to make a movie where Krampus is the slave, and you know. Santa Claus is all being all ho, 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 jolly, jolly, jolly. And then you turn around. He's like, you motherfucker, you're going to go to this house. This little bastard's been. <laughs> I would watch that movie. I would. I come to find out Santa's like watching from a crystal ball from afar. <laughs> like, like, um, uh, Smithers. No. The boss from, uh, Simpsons. Excellent. Oh, right. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Oh, Wow. But it also says if a child wasn't quite palatable enough, he or she might be cast into a frozen lake or dragged to hell instead of being torn to pieces and eaten. Yeah, not good meat. But still it was framed throw it as away. Ju- Well, throw there it we away. go. So th- throw it the door. <laughs> yeah. Throw it away. So that means that some innocent children were taken by hearsay. Mm. Maybe parents can afford that little b- <laughs> little bother. Hmm. What a conspiracy. We've got a Christmas conspiracy now. Yeah, we do. If that was real... I mean, this is the only one. Apparently, there's one book about it by Al Ridner. One book. One man. One (laughs) asshole who beats children. One (laughs) slaved asshole. Oh, yeah. So, you know what that makes? that? Then that makes Krampus... The sympathetic victim now. He's a victim. <laughs> no. Ooh, here's another theory. Here's another theory. What if Krampus is the original elf on the shelf? What the fuck? Oh, oh, man. oh, oh man. How about that theory? Oh. Because the elf on the shelf is pretty, like, mischievous. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was the original elf on the shelf that just... uh now he's putting chains like and Pinocchio, he's Santa's bitch. Like Pinocchio, maybe Santa wanted a real boy. <laughs> oh. We could just get deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh, man. What do you think about that, Boom Doom? He was the original elf on the shelf. Then he became Santa's bitch. Oh, we need to dig and find a C. I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to find a C, but the the... The correlation of how did that happen? Yo, then if children figured out that Krampus was elf on the shelf until Christmas comes around or whatever, yo, you're gonna find that elf on the shelf one day ripped to shit with a knife right next to it. (laughs) Or burned alive. You know what, these parents were sadistic because I'm also finding out that in a book, uh, they do what? A cultural encyclopedia of extraordinary and exotic customs from around the world kind of need to get this book now but many homes had a constant reminder of krampus all seeing presents parents would exchange bundles of birch sticks painted gold and hang them up at homes and yo that's pretty sadistic 
Very sadistic. So what we learned about Frau Perchta or Bertha or whatever, she doesn't have a counterpoint because she's both good and bad at once. She could do, she could multitask. Yeah. Well, technically, that's what Santa's supposed to do. He puts coal in the bad kids' stockings and presents, or he gives them presents for the good ones. Yeah, but according to uh, our new found theory we found, he needs Krampus to do the good and evil because coal, ooh, I got a lump of coal. Um, Back then, coal was probably pretty valuable because of the file and fuel. So it's not really a bad gift, really. If you're poor, you're like, holy shit, we got fuel, we got fire. But so he needed that. But then back then, it wasn't coal. It'd be rocks because rocks you can't do shit with. (laughs) Well, it's always been coal. I've never seen Santa give out our stories of Santa giving out. It's always been coal. So it's not really a bad gift for back then. So we have. But then we had to up. He has to up up the punishment. Somebody to beat the bad children. Well, that's where Krampus comes in. He needed a little a a made man to do the dirty work because he can't get his hands dirty. Whereas Frau Perchta, she's like a multitasking badass woman because she she's both sides. She's a shapeshifter. First of all, there's even a movie about her, Mother Krampus, 2017, based on the myth of Frau Perchta, a witch that comes on the 12 days of Christmas, taking children each night. Hello. All right. Okay. Now we got to see that movie. Now no, we got to see did, that. did, but you stopped watching it. But, oh, yeah. That's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Let's watch it then. So yeah. so that's uh, that's pretty interesting how the woman, not Whoa. to sound all feminist, because that's just going to take it to a twisted kind of... T- yeah. But she's a shapeshifter. She does both good and evil. Because she's a witch. Well, that's what witches do. So she's not really mythology and Christianity. She's a witch. She's a witch. Burn it's the all witch. pagan. Burn all the witch. Pagan. Oh, yo, if a kid woke up one night and saw that and grabbed a torch, oh. And she wasn't She wasn't even made popular until folklorist J- Jacob Grimm got a hold of her. Mm-hmm. Or got a hold of the story, I should say. Yeah, got a hold of the story. Yeah. They should make a movie where the kids finally get a win. <laughs> you know, just one... One special. They one did. Th- it was called Lord of the Flies. <laughs> that wasn't a Christmas special, Bane. That was something you were forced to read in high school. And then look at your the kid next to you and be oh, like, "I oh. can so kill you right now." Okay, it was also Children of the Corn. Again, not a Christmas special. Well, did it involve Krampus? No, oh. it didn't even involve that's, Christmas. That's where the kids won. They killed all no, the adults. No, he's, he's talking about he's talking about during Christmas. Like oh. uh, kids need a win because it's yeah. like either they behave and they get rewarded, or they die, or they die. <laughs> like there's no extreme. I mean, there's like just <laughs> zero to sixty, and like I'm saying, uh, well, that's should, okay. Go ahead. Sorry, they should make a movie. Where it's like three kids, one bastard who beats them, and one night where they end him, where like, they set up a whole bunch of freaking Christmas traps, and then at the end they're like, Merry Christmas, bitch, and just go, and they kill him. You know, it's interesting that um, there was a lot more memorabilia and uh, art and, uh, you know, stuff like that back then, but during uh, World War Two. A lot of that stuff was destroyed because you know how the government had more of a hand in in people's lives. Oh, yeah. Now I kind of like the government. So during the the world wars, most of all that stuff was and the Catholics. <laughs> well, no, the Catholics ruin everything. 
And that's one thing. And they stole everything. Yeah, they stole everything and they ruined everything. Yeah. But yeah, could you imagine a museum of just Krampus? Ooh. Or not only Krampus, but all the dark spirits of Christmas. Then they just have a freaking plastic model of a a freaking gas. I mean, there's nothing of Krampus anyone's ever found, I think. Well, there are other uh, evilness out there. Uh, According to um, the Smithsonian, Iceland's children could be visited by the Yule Cat. He might not sound too threatening, but if you aren't gifted new clothes for Christmas, he will eat you. What? (laughs) That's seriously his only criteria for Christmas noms. It's a good way to get kids to appreciate their new socks and underwear. But for, the, for those families who can't afford new clothes, it's probably a downright terrifying season. Oh. I mean, could you imagine if you're, yeah. you're poor and you're... The, the population control right there. Yeah. I wonder if there was some sort of hidden conspiracy back then with this and kids actually missing or mass murders. Mm-hmm. Could Yo, you imagine if that was really a conspiracy right there? People are stupid because some guy, some person, some random person... Just be like, oh, I'm really good at murdering. I'm gonna start this now. No, it might come down to, uh, you know, back in the old days where these stories originated from, they were in a lot more danger of the wildlife. Wolves will take children. No, I just think and, I just think over and all sorts of all sorts of big animals wherever they lived would take off young children because they were easy to easy prey. I just think back then there was more of trying to behave a population. Yo, children. It was way more important to behave a whole population or a whole community or a whole city. That was like the most important thing of the civilization was to make sure your people were behaving. But I'm kind of curious now that I'm thinking about it. You know, stories have got to come from somewhere. You know they've got to come from somewhere. Or these stories are a cover story of where children go when their parents murder them because they weren't well, behaving. Well, that's what yeah. I'm... No, yeah. that, no, that's what I, kind, kind of what yeah. I'm saying with the conspiracy yeah. was this is must have been a cover-up story for, you know, like Hansel and Gretel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Those These must have been cover stories, especially Krampus and all these during Christmas time where, you know, money is tight for a lot of people and a lot of people can't afford, you know, these lavish Christmases or they can't afford to feed so these many kids. Children. So maybe this was the cover story and this was, you know, the purge back then for the parents. <laughs> oh, wow. Could you, I mean, I'm just thinking here. I'm just throwing it out here. Yeah, My then, mind gets twisted like that. But then they had a whole month to do this. They didn't have just one night. They had 12 nights or more to do this. Well, I mean, we did. I we I wow. did. I did find where you know, if Krampus, if you weren't palatable to to Krampus, which means maybe you weren't such a bad kid, right? You were just killing the little person, for, the littlest person for. I'm one thinking, less you know, the story's got to come from something. But of course, you know, when fact becomes legend, print the, the legend, because yeah. it's much more Scarier. fascinating. Let's see who else has got something. Oh, can't forget about the hugely controversial Zwarte Piet, the Black Pete. You just have to take Zwarte something Pete. special. Zwarte Pete. 
Uh, it's a character is a pretty horrifying excuse to get all covered in blackface, but this original story is pretty bad too. National Geographic says he was likely inspired by pre-19th century slavery, and as late as the 20th century, he traveled with Sinterklaas. 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 Sphincterclaws? I don't know. No, Sinterclaws. Sinterclaws kidnapped the naughty kids and spirited them off to Spain, of all places. Mm-hmm. Krampus might be terrifying, but at least he's not uncomfortably racist. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, well, at least man. he didn't kill him. Just shipped him off to Spain, but we don't know why. <laughs> to be more Black Pete's. <gasps> oh. To join his little... So, Sinterclaws... He's building an army! Sinterclaws... Had a group of helpers that were dressed all in black. Elves! Oompa Loompas! Everybody yeah. needs one! <laughs> yeah, but he dressed them in black. Oh my gosh! And that kind of, with the slavery thing, the, there was no labor kids laws what? back then. And kids what? were dying by the hundreds in factories. And plus they and, had to work. I yeah. Question. I have a question. Sure. How come there's no fucking uh, deadly thing for parents or people? <laughs> Because like I like I was trying to explain before, boom doom, <laughs> that this was this you know this was all about control. This was all about you know back then also with Christianity, children were to always be seen but never heard. Yeah, you were supposed to shut the fuck up and do whatever you and were do told. what you were told. Otherwise, you'd get beat publicly. Yeah. And plus, you had to work in factories. And, and you had to work too. Yeah. You had to bring in some money with the family because they were all poor back then. I mean, I'm, yeah. We're all poor now, but I mean, <laughs> it was worse back then. It was worse because back they then. didn't have heat, they didn't have electricity, they didn't have the modern conveniences. Well, boom, doom, this is your homework for the future. Write that story. Yeah, you got to yeah. do it for Christmas, though. It's got to be a Christmas revenge. There you go. That'll be the next movie about kids winning. Patent pending. No one steal this idea. It's all boom, dooms. Right. <laughs> you fuckers are in for a treat. <laughs> And that wraps up another episode of EMZT Radio. Thank you, Scorpio Girl, for sitting in again. Of course. I've got to, you know, stick it out for those two listeners that like me. (laughs) We got solidarity, man. Yeah. I do it for you, too. Yeah. Please check out all the links on our Podbean page. Give to our friends. Give to us if you can spare some. We have uh, t-shirts, so you're not getting nothing. You got t-shirts you can buy. Hoodies. Uh, Yeah, stuff. Stuff. Buy our stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be helpful. So those links are in the show notes, and they are also on the Podbean page. So please give, give, give if you can. Uh, Have a safe holiday. Keep listening. Keep listening to us. Don't do anything stupid. Like or drink, do. Like drink and drive. Oh. Don't drink and drive. Get all like moral on us. Shit. Hey, I almost hit some people when I was working uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah, but you weren't the one drinking and driving. Uh, technically. <laughs>
How come it was at those house parties, they won't let me leave until I had to take a shot. And then I had to take a shot. Yeah, that never happens to me. I just tell them, <laughs> no. Because I keep saying that. I'm like, no, I'm driving. I'm working. I got to go. And five people block the front door. I'm like, ah. Oh. Because they're stupid. Okay. And remember, if it doesn't sound right, look right, or smell right, throw it away or show it the door. <laughs> and stay tuned for another episode of EMZT Radio. I mean, there was this big, bright white light at the end of a long tunnel, right? And there were all these chicks' voices and that music. So what happened? I figured, fuck it. I mean, it was really far. Mm-hmm.